Hello everyone, home is where the heart is. The heartful interaction between parents and their children sets the foundation for the people our children will turn out to be. Home is a show where we will be exploring on how parents can navigate the realities of raising our future leaders. My name is Eva Christodoulou and I'm with the research and development team here in Leaderonomics. Welcome home everyone. Today we'll be looking at stress, something that most of us, if not all, are quite familiar with. Uh, but specifically, we wanted to bring up the topic of stress and its effect in early childhood and how severe stress can impact a child's development in the future in negative ways. And to do that, we have here with us once again, Eric Brian Amaladas. Uh, Eric teaches as a faculty under the Department of Behavioral Sciences at Help University. He's director of Career Sense there and he's also a trained counselor. Eric, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Eva. Thank you for having me on the show. So let's start with the basics. What is stress? If we talk about, we talk about it quite a bit, but it's a, it's a kind of a vague concept that not everyone can actually define. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, stress is a, is a reaction to a basic threat. Uh, and this basic threat is our perception because we, it's the perception that we are unable to cope with that threat. All right. So you and I may look at a specific situation, but look at it differently because your ability to cope with that situation versus my ability to cope with that situation is very different. And if I feel I'm unable to cope with that situation, then my stress levels are a little bit more higher compared to yours. So the reaction to the stress is a unique personal experience triggered by your own personal experiences and your perception of the world. So right. how you perceive life or how you perceive that stress is determined by you. And that's why different uh, people, people have different things exactly. that cause them stress as right. well. And so you may look at a mouse and may jump on the chair, whereas I will look at the mouse and say, oh, nice, nice mouse. <laughs> so we all perceive that reality differently, but that reality yes. is made by us. Right. Uh, and so that's for is our inability to cope with that basic, basic threatening experience as such. All right. And, and when does stress become trauma? Well, trauma is it's the feeling of, in, it's the intensity of that stress threatened by that event that somebody in, is involved in or, or, or witnesses. And that intensity of the stress is so great that it causes a trauma. So extreme stress causes trauma because of a specific event. Um, so trauma is a specific type of stress reflected by terrible events. Anything that, will, anything that moves from a daily human experiences that are emotionally painful or very intense and are very distressing. So it's those events that creates that trauma. So whether that trauma is directly experienced by the person or the person witnesses a traumatic event, um, it could be anything from a death in the family to uh, to uh, a to a certain disease or, or illness and such, it's my response to that specific event that causes trauma. 
it we, could be also abuse and that such. We, we, we usually, I, I suppose the term that many people will be familiar with is uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And we usually talk about it when we are dealing with very um, extreme circumstances. Yeah. So for example, soldiers recom- uh, right. coming back from war and all that. But it could be uh, simpler things, right? Everyday things It as could well. be everyday things in terms of, again, remember, because it's a perception of, it's my inability to cope with that stress and it's my perception made by me, it could be anything that is seen as extremely traumatic in the sense that if I have a I have a phobia for water, for example, and if I'm pushed to a, into, a, into a swimming pool and such, that could be a very traumatic experience for me. Right. Or if I have a phobia for closed spaces and if I'm accidentally trapped in a, in a small cupboard or in a small room, that becomes a traumatic experience for me. So uh, post-traumatic stress disorder is not necessarily something very, very uh, out there or in terms of soldiers, but it could be anything that deals with daily life. Right. And, and how does trauma affect people? Well, it affects us in terms of, let's put it this way, when we go through a certain amount of stress, our body activates a stress response, which is basically the way we are physiologically, how we physiologically manage it and how we psychologically manage it. It's basically between what happens between our bodies and in our, in our minds. So when we are under severe threat, the body goes into survival mode. It's a fight and flight response. And so what that happens is the body has increased sugar intake, which makes us a little bit more hyper in that sense. You know, there's an increase in cortisol, which is basically our stress hormone uh, that counters pain. And therefore, when we have that extra energy because of the sugar, our blood pressure incre- increases, blood is diverted uh, into our muscles, and so we feel stronger. So in the sense that when we are go through a severe stress, our body is in high alert. Right. And in terms, but what happens in our mind is that sometimes uh, what we see in the mind is that we begin to have very negative thinking. Uh, We begin to worry or we begin to have trouble focusing or sometimes we have even bouts of crying. And so sometimes that's very psychological. So depending on the severity of of the issue, we go through our bodies react and our minds also react. And so we go through a intense emotions, uh, you know, or sometimes it's emotional fluctuations in the sense that when we're highly stressed, uh, there are times when we have what we call emotional saturation. We're full of emotion. Or there's times when we are emotionally avoidant, meaning we, we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to talk about it. Many a times when we are under stress and somebody asks you, so how are you feeling? And he says, no, I, I just don't want to talk about it. Let me be on my own. You know, so we're trying to avoid that. So again, it's this fluctuations that depends on how we perceive that stress to be. All right. Um, evidence shows that uh, trauma, especially in early childhood, may have very negative effects. Uh, in fact, sometimes uh, these effects may be irreversible. Um, how do your experiences with uh, stress, severe stress in your early years, affect the ways that you're coping with stress later on in life and, and indeed your, your entire development? Sure. Um, Children is like, it's tabula rasa, it's a blank slate. And so every experience that they go through gives them a sense of meaning about 
whatever it is. So if if I have good parents and my parents have supported me over the years, then it's imprinted on me that I and I live a more trusting and uh, a life that I I'm able to be to feel support and to give support. We make meanings of of all the events and that such. Now. All these little meanings that I've created over the years gives me an internal map of how to navigate myself into this world. Uh, it helps me cope with different functions. It, it, if I've had positive experiences, then my internal map allows me to navigate the world uh, that is also positive in that sense. Now, what happens is sometimes in early traumatic experiences, children have a very different internal map. That internal map is, is skewed to that negative experience. And therefore, how they navigate through that world is based on that traumatic experience. So likewise, post that event, if I'm able now to have other positive events to counter the negative, then I begin to live a balanced life saying that, yes, while the world may be negative, at that point of time, I have more positive experiences to counter that. But if I don't have any positive experiences to counter those negative experiences, then my internal map is defaulted to that which is negative. Okay. And so therefore, the way I see the world or interpret the world is based on that negative experience and not necessarily all the other positive things that I've experienced. All right. So, um, as parents, what do we need to keep in mind when interacting with our children? Um, I'm, I'm also a little bit um, aware that we shouldn't really try to uh, protect our children from any amount of uh, any any kind of uh, misfortune. Uh, of course, nothing too severe, but you wouldn't really want to stop your children from trying something that uh, seems a little bit scary at a time. So, for example, uh, as simple as riding a roller coaster or learning to swim if they're scared of, uh, you know, waves or, or the water, like you said before. Sure. Well, the fundamental rule when it comes to identifying or knowing what is stressful or traumatic for our children is the need to look through the eyes of the children, to look through their eyes. Like the key question here is, how are they feeling and how would they feel when they go through that experience? Sometimes because of our uh, enthusiasm of wanting to, to encourage our children to do whatever, we, we tend to push them in an, uh, an action because it makes us feel good in that sense, but not realizing that it's very traumatic or very stressful for the child. Sometimes parents lose their temper with their children, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we all do that. But the intensity of the punishment that is given is, or the constant nagging, the berating behaviors that parents sometimes put their children through is called uncalled for and unwarranted. No? Children are children, and expect them to push boundaries. But how you handle the situation as a parent gives children a foundational piece of how to live their life. You're forming that internal map in that sense. You know? So do not push your child into something that you recognize they're afraid of. Rather speak to them you know, and, and ask them why they're unwilling to do that. I mean, communication is key. We often say that. And we always say communication is key, but sometimes it's hard to do. So we shouldn't really uh, throw our child in the swimming pool so that they learn how to swim if we know that they're scared of water, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they, 
they show a signs of whether they are excited about water or whether they are fearful about water. Right. Are we turned in? Are we cued into that? those little nuances or uh, it's because it's exciting for me to throw my child in the water uh, you know, <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff. So are we aware of what we are doing? Uh, are we paying attention to the little things? Now, it may not be the water as such. It could be other things as sure. well. You know, uh, It could be a sense of um, why they may not want to go to school, for example. And if they're con- completely, and they're continually telling you that they don't want to go to school. The question is, and it's part of the communication, is to find out why. You know, is it just because, it, and it's very quick for us to, to judge and say, oh, they're lazy, they don't want to go to school, and push them. But is it something a little bit more deeper? You know, bullying, for example, or uh, an experience of a nasty teacher that, that keeps them from going to school. So I think listening to them and listening without judgment is essential. Sometimes we need to check our own assumptions uh, and before we jump to conclusions. Because it would definitely, it, it may be something that is very trivial in our eyes, but in, in, exactly. in their head, it's something that is very right. big and And, and this is often uh, the challenge of parents because we think we know uh, and because we've gone through so much of experiences in life, when our child comes to us with a fairly un important experience, we tend, as you say, trivialize that. And we, and in doing so, we are saying that your problem or your issue is not important. And therefore, you know, get over it. It's the kind of message that we, uh, we, we share with our kids. It's the underlying messages that we share with our kids. All right. So once, um, let's say that we identify what seems to be a traumatic uh, experience or something that causes our child... Uh, severe amounts of stress, how do we deal with it as parents? What do we do? Well, at the basic level, um, if we know our children are going through a little bit of a traumatic experience, a stressful experience, then fundamentally show love. All right. Show care, concern. Show that you care enough that they're hurting and that you generally want to help them. Uh, We need to recognize that that different children go through experiences differently. Um, it could be in terms of if you're dealing with a, a loss of a loved one, you know, and understand that everyone grieves at a different pace. And an immediate reaction or lack of one is not really an indicator of how the child will cope with that loss. Right. So if a child is, seems to be coping well now, uh, they might still have a poor reaction later <laughs> and vice versa. So it could be also a sign that they're, that they're handling it well. So I guess so we also need to be aware that they're there are some child who are a little bit more resilient and they handle things well. And so therefore, to continually keep a, a, a lookout of what is happening. And if you notice there are certain things uh, that is very traumatic for them and, and that certain behavior seems to last for a period of, of three to six months, then maybe some professional help may be required. You know, so to be mindful again of what are some of these things that's happening to them. All right. Um any final thoughts? Um, well, I think part of the final thought is to be mindful not to pressure your, your children into talking. I know I said communication is key. Right. And sometimes we, in our overzealousness, our overexcitement, we tend to push our kids to talk about certain things when they may not be ready. I think we need to always be mindful of being open to them and always having a, a sort of an open door concept that whenever they are ready, to, uh, we are there to, to, uh, to help them. Um, if you've noticed that a child is going through certain kind of traumatic experiences, is also to create a little bit of a, a, 
create a little bit of a sense that, you know, what are some of the routines that they are accustomed to? Are they following regular times for meals, homeworks and family activities? Uh, to curb some of these things, maybe there needs to be a family outing where everybody goes out and have a good time, you know, as opposed to, because sometimes parents are really stressed themselves uh, and the only communication that they have is to telling them, telling their kids, do your homework, wash the dishes, pick up your clothes. And that seems to be the only communication experience that a, a, a child may have. So sometimes it's good in family outings is to let your hair down a little bit with your kids and to have fun with them and, and to say that, hey, I'm just a child as you and that we can have fun together. That's what I mean. Um, another thought would be to, as I said earlier, to continually to look through the eyes of your child. Uh, do not be, unless we fully understand what they're going through, then we'll be able to help them. And as also suggested, don't be afraid to speak to professionals. Manage your own stresses first before you can manage other people's stresses, even your own child. Sometimes we need to be able to see things differently in our own lives before we're able to help others. And I suppose it's important to sort of strike a balance because you can't just worry about every small thing that you see and just start picking of it and become paranoid in your own little world that it may be something bigger than what it is. It, that's uh, absolutely true. Um, and that largely depends on our own parenting style and our own personalities as parents. And, and sometimes we feel that uh, we need to be extremely careful and hence the obsessive compulsive behavior of some parents in making sure that everything is taken care of for the child. Everything is sought for. And in doing so, well, yeah, you're creating a very safe environment, and I, and I say that with tongue in cheek, uh, but are we creating a sense of autonomy for the child to venture out? Are we creating a sense of freedom for the child to test the waters and to fall down and, and, and learn from their, their falling down and to become a little bit more resilient? So I think, as you said, there needs to be a balance in terms of how much we let go and how much we pull in the reins. Um, and I think today's day and age when a lot of children are out there trying to express themselves, there need to be some kind of, of balance to regards to how much we let go. <laughs> All right. Okay, thanks once again for joining us, Eric. You must welcome, Eva. You've been listening to Leadernomics FM the science of building leaders.